to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by a guy who touched all the microphones in the studio. What's up, Gene? Well, there's only the one, so I did I did touch it. Uh, I have this nifty little screen here, though, that I think I may just wear all the time. Um, That's a some, pop filter. Yeah, well, but, you know, pop filter slash um, frighten people away from infecting me filter. Gene, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Producer Gene. Where can we find the show? At Potadelphia. Awesome. And today we have on the show, back on for a return engagement, is Dr. Keith Heck. What's up, Dr. Keith Heck? How are you today? I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks, guys, for having me again. I'm honored. So hopefully I'm doing a good job for your podcast here. I mean, we had to have the resident doctor on for an emergency coronavirus podcast. How could we not? <laughs> And we, we actually agreed to do this show about two days ago, and I had all these questions lined up, and it was going to be a very different show. And my questions were going to be like, what happens if a player on a team gets coronavirus? Like, what is going to happen? Like, what is the team going to do? And all of this stuff is now coming to fruition uh, in advance. So, wow, where do we even start? Let's just start with – Let's start with actually my experience this week because I went to the Flyers game on Tuesday night uh, to watch the Flyers lose to the Bruins. Am I uh, an idiot for going to that game? No, I don't think you're an idiot for 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 going to that game. Um, you know, I think you're you're a low risk patient. I think you're you're a young, healthy guy, despite your past transgressions of smoking 10 years ago but uh you know your, your, your lungs are... my parents are listening to me. <laughs> your lungs have fully uh healed and, and regenerated themselves since that time but now I, I think um you know you were fine to go to that game i think if you practice normal you know hygiene is recommended normal hand wash and uh hand sanitizer trying to avoid sick people um you, you should be pretty good and Here's here's a question that I had. So it, when I got to the game, I mean, everybody was wearing gloves, even like the people handing out the giveaway items and things like that. And my behavior at the game was I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to drink. I walked into the building. I, I washed my hands and I went to my seat. And that was pretty much all I did. So I'm imagining that my uh, risk exposure was probably pretty low. Uh like following that, but you know when we hear these things, like you should avoid crowds of two thousand people, five hundred people. Um, if you're just, I mean, you're just in your section around the people that are around. Uh, what is the difference between a gathering of five hundred people and a gathering of two thousand? Well, I think it's a, it's a simply it's a numbers game. You know, it's uh, the more people are around when you have a you know a contagious virus going around, the more likely you're going to get it. So. You know, if you're around one person, you're a lot less likely to get it. If you're around a thousand people, um, I think the concern with the coronavirus is, you know, versus the flu, um, you know, the coronavirus seems to be much more infectious. And, you know, I think the stat that's out there with the flu is if you get the flu, you can infect, you know, 10 people or so versus the coronavirus. I think the number is about 50 people. Um, so it's much more infectious. So it could spread like wildfire. Um so, so that's kind of the thing when they tell you, uh, don't go out to large crowds, gatherings, concerts, you know, sporting events. Uh, just because it's simply, it's, it's a num numbers game, and you know, you can contract the virus, and uh, that virus can incubate for up to two weeks. 
So, and, and when you do have the virus, you could be asymptomatic for a week or two, but still be able to pass the virus onto others. Now, you're, you're much more infectious when you have active symptoms, but you can still pass along the virus even without symptoms if you've been exposed, if that virus is kind of replicating um, in your body without causing any symptoms just yet. And is it, is it like an airborne situation? Like if we're talking to one another, is can it be transmitted that way? Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a respiratory transmission, airborne transmission. Um, I think the, the droplets for coronavirus have, have been shown to kind of be suspended in air for a couple hours. Um, so, so that kind of puts you at risk. And, you know, the closer you are to someone, I think the recommendations are to stay within, you know, try to keep your distance three to six feet or, you know, from someone who's sick, but, you know, yeah, so it's an airborne uh, condition and disease and, and the droplets can you know, suspend itself in the air for, for a couple hours. Wow. Okay. So the, so uh, the NBA the other day, uh, it was, what was it? Oklahoma city and Utah mm-hmm. were about to tip off and uh, the announcement comes, the game's canceled. You are all safe. <laughs> <laughs> which you know bold uh bold statement there <laughs> yeah uh and, and they spin again because rudy gobert is uh coronavirus um this was an inevitable thing to happen right like these guys are really hot you know they're not like high risk for fatality but they're mm-hmm. they're high risk to contract it right yeah, no, I think, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of traveling and, and they're out in the general public themselves and, and, you know, they're socializing with teammates and staff and, you know, someone's going to contract it and pass it along. So you're right. It was just a matter of time before anyone of any professions going to get the coronavirus. Um, you know, it's just um, <clears throat> this is the NBA, the way they, they, they handled it, decided to do what they did and cancel games and not take any chances. But but, yeah, it was it was it was inevitable. Um it was just a matter of time, but you no, know, they're low risk patients, and I think a lot of these athletes they're they're kind of on the younger side. They, they're um, they kind of feel like they're immune, so they're probably more apt to go out and take more risk, and and you know maybe after a game go out to you know the clubs or the bars or or socialize a little bit more. So uh, they they may not be taking the necessary precautions, but I'm not quite sure how he contracted the virus or or, or what. I don't know those details, but. But he's pretty low risk, and and you're right. It was it was just a matter of time, and and there's going to be more in the coming days, and it's going to keep going up. So is Gobert a piece of shit for touching all the microphones? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he's. I mean I, I don't know what he was thinking. Um, I, I thought he was know. hilarious, right? Yeah, he was just trying to be a clown, and I don't think he he appreciated the the gravity of the situation um that was going on until he contracted coronavirus and and realized what he did and it sunk in and i think he's pretty remorseful for what he's done um especially with one of his teammates also being sick as well yeah i think um, i saw that donovan mitchell is also tested. yeah donovan oh right so yeah no he, he kind of you know i'm sure he feels bad about that and uh but yeah no he acted a little a little bit like a jerk so Donovan Mitchell actually finished second uh, in contracting a coronavirus, much like he finished second in the Rookie of the Year race a couple years ago, right? <laughs> it's just another mantle that he likes. He wants to have on his uh, his resume there, or another accomplishment. So, so <laughs> there, was some, there was some talk. Like, did, was he? Uh, would he have been symptomatic at the time that he did that, or not? Or is there just no way to tell? 
Say that again. Would um, like what when he touched all the microphones? Was he symptomatic at that time, or is there just no way to do tell? You, do you mean contagious? No, I mean like was he like feeling like crap? Oh, was he like literally like unable to breathe and whatever other symptoms they are for this? Yeah, I mean, when 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 did that incident occur? How how soon before he was diagnosed uh, that he was doing that? I think it was like two or three days. I mean, he. I don't know. It, that's that's too hard to tell to whether he was having kind of cold-like symptoms. But, I mean, if he was having coronavirus symptoms to the point where it was flu-like. Now, a lot of people who have the coronavirus who are young and healthy. You, you may not even get flu-like symptoms. You may just have a, a mild cold. Hmm. Um, so, so he may have not thought that he had anything of any significance. He, he Maybe his understanding was, okay, coronavirus, I'm going to feel like I have a flu and 102 fever, headache, coughing, trouble breathing. Um, so, so maybe it didn't cross his mind that, you know, that's what he was having at, at the time, or he could have very well been, you know, carrying it and, and not presenting with symptoms yet. Um, so, I mean, you have experience being a team doctor. What, what are like the doctors doing right now for these teams? <laughs> I think, you know, right now there, I mean, there's no, there's testing, there's, there's not widely available testing, which is, you know, I think a lot of people are, are working on that and hopefully, which is another thing that's weird because I'm seeing all over Twitter, you know, hey, how does the Utah Jazz get, you know, 30 tests in one day? <laughs> but, uh, you know, like uh, your your doctor wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, when you're a professional privileged athlete, <laughs> yeah. you, you tend to get some sure. societal benefits and, um, you know, you, you get pulled over by a cop and you'll, you'll get off more than the average person. Sure. And, okay. you know, you come down with cold-like symptoms, you'll probably get a corona virus test where you know <laughs> average joes may not be able to get that at this point Fair but enough, uh, right i mean i think hopefully soon enough uh they'll be able to do it but i, I think it's more just it's, it's education it's um knowing if you've been exposed to it you gotta you know self-quarantine or, or monitor your symptoms for 14 days you gotta do a lot of hand washing um you gotta clorox wipe a lot of you know countertops or, or surfaces that you frequently touch doorknobs handles um, and the like, and just, you know, education on, on what the symptoms are and how to prevent it. And, and, um, what do you got to do if you were to get it or if someone close to you has gotten it, you may have to quarantine yourself. All right. Well, let's take a, let's take a quick hiatus and transfer into, so Adam Silver came, came out like a couple of minutes before we started recording today and said, it's, it's going to be at least 30 days uh suspension for the nba season and who knows what they're going to do if they're going to play out the rest of the regular season if they're just going to roll into playoffs which is kind of what i'm hoping they do um 30 days is that going to be enough time to get ben simmons back so how long has it been out for three weeks already well they i, I yeah i think it was three weeks and then they yeah, came out the check up. They, they want to do another three weeks yeah, so the, I mean, not a lot has come out in terms of what his you know specific injury is now. Nerve impingement—that that's a pretty vague term, and, and that's not a diagnosis, you know. So we kind of try to got to peel the layers back and try to you know, decipher that. And you know, what are the common causes of nerve impingement for an athlete? Number one would be a herniated disc. Um, so you know, that's we can, for the sake of this discussion, you know, try to assume that so let's say he has a herniated disc. That's pinching on that nerve. Um, to me, you know, with some of the athletes that I see, um, that's a three-month injury minimum, in my opinion. Um, so I kind of kind of chuckled a little bit when I saw the three-week follow-up that they're going to re-examine him. 
you know, you, you kind of already, I already kind of knew that at that point that, that that's not going to be enough. Um, assuming say he has a herniated disc. I, I think that's going to be a three month thing. Um, the Sixers will be fortunate to have him back healthy for, I guess, whenever the start of the playoffs would be, I would hope maybe round two, but I'm just speculating. Um, but that's the more common thing to, to, to have cause a pinched nerve in, in someone like him, uh, Ben Simmons. I, th- this sounds um, like really bad and like bad to the point where it's not just going to be this season that's affected by this. Like this, this feels to me like something that is going to crop up in the future. <laughs> well, the best predictor of any um, injuries in, is previous injury. So, you know, will he be at higher risk to have a, another back injury in his career? Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean he can't have a long, healthy career. I think there's a lot of variables here um, in terms of, the severity of the disc problem if he has a herniated disc. Now, you know, some discs can kind of recede back and, and, and become less herniated. Uh, 90, 95% of people who have a herniated disc do not require anything more than time, rest, and, and physical therapy. Um, and, you know, maybe not even an injection or even surgery. Now, uh, if he doesn't respond in a timely fashion, then he may have to have a season ended surgery uh, to kind of get him back, you know, for the next season. But I think a lot is up in the air here, but I, I, I'm still hopeful for him to have a long, healthy career. Regardless, it's I just think for him going forward, once he um, heals from this, he's going to have to do a lot of preventative measures and rehab and, and maintenance to, to to keep his back in good shape. Uh, Embiid's back, so that's good. Yeah. Um, so we don't have to touch on him. But 30 days is that enough time to fire your head coach and find a new one? <laughs> So that's kind of was my thought process. Uh, so uh, some of the analysts right now, none of the games going on are, are free and have some time. So Van Gundy or Mark Jackson, I mean, those guys aren't doing much right now. So they might have some time to interview for some jobs. But um, you know, that, if I'm if I'm Elton Brand, you know, I would love to see that happen, especially uh, with Jimmy Butler's uh, comments say, that came really out, yeah. pretty pretty damning. And what was the book like? Uh, tanking to the top. Is that, I'm not familiar with that. Well, there's a there's a there's a book. I don't know if it's called like "Losing Your Way to the Top" or "Tanking to the Top." Uh, and in it, there's some very damning things about Brett Brown and like things that Sam Hinkie said about Brett Brown before bringing him in. That was kind of like, yeah, this guy's like a second assistant at best, but probably the right type of person to lead us through this mm-hmm. process. Um, so yeah, I mean, like all of the like contextual. Uh, clues together i mean like he's just definitely not going to be here next year and it it would be be pretty wild to take advantage of this i mean like i know i kind of said it as a joke but it would be kind of wild to take advantage of this hiatus and just like make a move like that i would love it i don't think they have the guts to do (laughs) it but uh but um I, i do think that would you know propel the team a little bit further than what brett brown can can do but um you know i'm just as a fan i'm just tired of the way he X's and O's and, and the control that he has on this team and, and then what he's get, <clears throat> getting out of these guys. <clears throat> uh, so, you know, after the NBA makes this decision, it really was only a matter of time before the other dominoes fell and the other indoor sports, you know, followed suit. NHL season suspended. We don't know what's going to go <clears throat> on with them. Uh, the NCAA has canceled uh, the entire tournament which uh, that's a really painful one for 
um, for a couple of different reasons. Strange that they didn't try to suspend it and reschedule it. Yeah, I mean, I think um, there is a lot of unknowns here, and I think that's what's inducing some hysteria and panic. And, and, and I think you're right. With the NBA doing what they did caused a chain reaction um, of other organizations um, taking very aggressive measures to um, combat the spread of coronavirus. And uh, so as a, you know, as a physician and someone in the healthcare field, when you have a pandemic, I mean, you, you, you got to take drastic action um, to try to halt the spread or halt the, you know, rapid spread of this condition as quickly as possible. But I, I don't think we have any timeline um, as to when this is going to be gone. Hopefully this becomes a seasonal thing like the flu and, um, and it just kind of withers away. So, which would be nice, but I, I just don't think we know here at this point, but it is disappointing not to have sports and, and March Madness because I think a lot of things when, you know, you have turbulent times in this country, we all turn to sports to kind of get away from things. And, and it's kind of affected the very thing that we want to enjoy. Sure. Um, but now, and now we move to the, you know, now that spring is kind of on the horizon, we move into the, you know, the outdoor sports and, you know, MLS uh, season has started the union. We're supposed to kick off on Saturday. I had tickets. The gods seriously do not want me to go to a union game. Uh, that's, have, you ever, have you ever been? I've never been to a union uh, game. No, they're, they're, they're good. They're fun. I, I keep hearing it's a good time. I try to get yeah. out there, you know. Um, so son that, of, that's son of Ben. Been suspended for uh, at least a month. Uh, MLB suspends spring training games, and the start of opening day is going to be delayed by at least two weeks. Is there a difference between being in an open air stadium versus the indoor sports when it comes to this virus? I, I mean, yeah, I, I do think there there is a difference because you're in an enclosed space. Um, now, now it's on one extreme, an airliner with when you're on a plane. Uh, mm-hmm. With a bunch of sick people, you're more likely to get it. When you're in an arena that's enclosed, it's more open. So, you know, there's more space for viral particles to kind of disperse. So um, your chances are a little less. And then when you're in open air, um, there's even more space for viral particles to kind of disperse. So, um, you know, I, I would imagine, you know, I, I don't have the exact data on that. So I could be wrong on this because, you know, I, you might be able to make an argument that if you're in, indoors at an arena, you may have, you know, high efficiency particle air filters that can filter out um, um, some of these things versus, you know, being outside, you may not have that filtering process. So um, I, I can't give you an accurate answer. I can just try to give you my best guess that I would assume that being outside uh, might be, you know, a little bit more safe, but uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, would you, so again, with spring, we have, you know, youth sports and little league, would you advise, you know, suspending little leagues. Um, you know, I, I think the trend here is for a lot of people to, I think more people would feel comfortable, you know, with everything going on to maybe just lay low. Now <laughs> I, I'm not at a point where, you know, I think we should, you know, go that far. Um, you know, I, I do think we need to live our life a, a little bit and, and shouldn't live our life in, in fear um, cause the vast majority of us are going to be fine. And, and even if we do contract the virus, um, we're going to be fine and we're, we're going to, you know, heal off from it 
it's more elderly patients that we try not to pass things along to because they're, they're the ones that are going to be hit hardest. But um, we, we got to really balance this with still trying to live live our lives and not live in this hysteria and this panic, which is just going to cause a whole bunch of other psychological issues. And, and you know, it, it's just not going to be healthy to do that. But so for as far as Little League is concerned, I, I'm me personally, I'm giving the green light to Unless, but again, things things are very fluid. Things are changing pretty quickly. You know that answer could change tomorrow or next week, right. depending on how things go. But as of now, um, you know, live your life and and you know if you want to go out and little league and practice, I'm saying go for it. I, I have a quick question about um, how, especially with spring training, college athletes and professional athletes are, are sort of fine tuned machines. And you know, major league baseball pitchers, for example, are sort yeah, of like Bartolo Colon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at least David Wells. At least their arms are fine-tuned machines. Um, uh, some of these guys are—they're uh, really, you know, they 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 ramp up to a certain strength level and then and then get into season. Do you think that this sort of uh, lull in competition could lead to? different kinds of injury that we're than what we're used to seeing because you know these guys were in spring training getting ready getting ramped up to actual competition and then they have to take two weeks three weeks four weeks off where they're probably still practicing but not at the intensity level they would have been does that lead to certain kinds of injuries that maybe we wouldn't normally see this time of year um, I, I think it could be if if not approached um, correctly. I think you know my recommendation would be here at this point, if we're anticipating and starting the season, um, you know, two weeks later, you know, all these guys have have programs and pitching programs that they go by. I would just kind of have them reverse course and go back and a couple steps in their program and just kind of you know gradually kind of increase their load on the shoulder. So wherever they're supposed to be, you know today just maybe go back reverse it a couple steps and just kind of slowly progress forward here but um that is obviously a concern because it's hard to um mimic the intensity of of actual gameplay um you you could try to throw bullpen sessions but you know there's a little extra juice and a little extra torque that the shoulders do have to um and elbows um they do have to adjust to going forward but um hopefully they're able to kind of have a period of ramping up again uh, to help their arms kind of, you know, um, account for that. Yeah. Cause I, I guess maybe I don't think that there's going to be injuries that will happen in the, in the, in the lull, but if they are going to come out May 15th and they know that they're going to have 30 less games to play in the season and all of these games are going to be more important. I could see some guys come out and try to put a little extra on it. And maybe that's when you might see some of these, these injuries that we're, we're not used to seeing in May and June kind of crop up, like maybe, you know, some some more elbow, shoulder. Well, it's kind, kind of a of good problem. question. Like how, how much time when, when these sports say, okay, green light, you guys are good to play. Um, you know, I, I would imagine basketball could turn that around pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, would there be any other, you know, for hockey, baseball, do, do any of these other teams need – uh, a runway to to get up to to playing full speed. You asking me, Dave? Um, well, or, who, who or just in know? general? Dean, you know I, the answer to that question. I mean, this is this is uncharted territory here. I mean, <laughs> I, I think you know 
Um, this is kind of, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, you, you can make an argument that these pitchers are going to be able to come up and not have to throw in, you know, 30 degree windy weather at Citizens Bank Park on an April, cold April night. And instead they're coming back yeah. on a warmer night and, and that might be healthier for them sure. and not to have to, you know, get an oblique strain or, you know, some sort of, you know, shoulder tightness from, from coming up from nice 80 degree clear water to, you know, cold, windy, we have hot dog wrappers blown by you on, on the, on the field, you know, cold night at citizens bank. So, I mean, you know, th- there could be a positive to it uh, as well. Um, so I, I just think it's uncharted territory. It's wait and see uh, th- these guys, I think, um, you know, they're, they're going to still stay in shape and, and develop a program as they see, you know, see fit uh, to try to prevent anything going forward. All right. Uh, McCutcheon wasn't going to be ready for opening day. Uh do you think like the, a two-week hiatus or a month, thirty days would get him ready to to be in the the lineup when we actually start playing real games? So what, what when was it? June, early June that he he injured his thing? Yeah, it was June. I th- yeah June. Yeah, I mean, I think when when he he spoke in the off season, everyone's always optimistic until you kind of get out in the field and really got to test it. Um, I, so that kind of puts us. April's ten months. May would be eleven. Um, I, I don't think he's going to miss too much of the season. It sounds like he's not far. He's just, you know, a, a couple steps away in terms of having to get his his strength back in, in, in that leg. And, you know, typically you know, what you need to do in order to get back from an ACL injury is, is your range of motion and your strength needs to be fairly comparable to your uninjured leg. And, and once you get to that point and go through a few different other tests, um, you usually go. So it doesn't sound like he's far along. I think they're, they're probably – with his, you know, he's what, 33, 34, um, I think with his age, I think they feel they, they can afford to, you know, wait an extra couple of weeks to a month. But I'd be surprised if it was anything more than, you know, well into May or June. And with ACLs, it's it's also a kind of a mental trust thing. I, I think I remember when uh, we were talking about probably Carson Wentz that mm-hmm. to a certain degree, the athlete has to be able to feel confident making those cuts and turns and twists that they would normally make that they feel confident doing that because any hesitation and I know football being a contact sport more directly um, you're going to have a lot more higher risk because you know hopefully nobody's going to be going after McCutcheon's knee like directly but Mm -hmm. I think the other thing with baseball is that it's much more of a reflex sport it's much more of a you know, once you get into that rhythm where you're out in the field and you know you see the ball off the bat, you can't take that two seconds to be like, you know, am I? Can I make that cut? You don't have the mental time. You've got to be able to read and react. Uh, you don't have the processing time to to play the position well. So I wonder if that's also part of the process is that he's getting himself up to uh, game speed mentally per se. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The mental aspect is 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 a sometimes underlooked aspect of ACL recovery. And there's actually quite a few studies um, and they give, you know, these guys questionnaires and certain scores on these questionnaires uh, determine your level of trust and apprehension in your surgically uh, repaired knee. And, and, and it actually has been shown that, you know, if you score poorly on, on these um, tests demonstrating kind of fear and apprehension of your knee, you tend to there's a tendency to re-injure it at a higher rate. Uh, and and the the last player we want to ask you about, you know, much like Deshaun Jackson didn't get the surgery, 
Mm-hmm. Sir Anthony Dominguez uh, did not elect to get the Tommy John surgery. And and he, here we are. I don't, what, what is the situation with him? He re-aggravated this. What, do we know what, what what's going on with him now? Yeah, the only thing that I've seen was that um, he had a setback and has an elbow strain. There's nothing specific that I saw with the UCL, but I guess if you – or his Tommy John ligament. I, I guess if you read between the lines, that's what they're suggesting. Um, now, if it is a re-injury of that injury from last year, um, I, I don't think I have any doubt in my mind that he'll end up having Tommy John, which is a huge blow uh, to the Phillies and their their ball pen. If it's a different injury, then they'll treat that accordingly. Now, um, I can anticipate a follow-up question is, why didn't he get the surgery You know, last year um, mm-hmm. for, for this injury? Now, uh, a lot of guys, a lot of pitchers, professionally, collegiately, um, they have partial tears of the Tommy John ligament, not complete tears. And there's a lot of variables that go within that. Now, a lot of these major league clubs, they they have baseline MRIs of their pitchers. And a lot of pitchers who are healthy actually have damage to their UCL. Um, it doesn't mean that they have they need surgery or any treatment. They're just asymptomatic. It's just, just the wear and tear that the, their arm um, is put through now they probably saw from his baseline MRI to his injured MRI that it was it was a little bit worse and maybe it was a low grade strain um, and, and a lot of these guys they can rehab it for three months uh, get an injection of platelet rich plasma or PRP um, and then after three months go through a throwing program and then it can return now Aaron Nola did that um, he did that two or three years ago Tanaka uh, is another pitcher who's done it so there's there's a lot of um, guys in the major leagues who, you know, decided on a non-operative approach to um, their Tommy John injury. Now, um, the problem happens is, you know, is when they re-injure it, and then it's kind of, you know, well, you kind of second-guess yourself. But um, a lot of these these guys, they, they don't want to undergo or miss a year, a year and a half of, you know, playing. So they 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 are tempted or. They have good science and evidence from their docs that, you know, if they can rehab this for three, four months and get a platelet-rich plasma injection, that they have a good chance of returning sooner and then maybe earning more money or it's a contract year, so on and so forth. So um, it's just one of those situations that um, his treatment protocol and plan was not incorrect. It's just he got burnt, and it's just it was unfortunate that he had a setback, and, and that happens. Yeah, it'd be nice to get some, you know, productivity out of him this year because um, they need, the, you know, they definitely need the bullpen depth. All right. Um, so before we let you go tonight, you have any, you have any final pieces of advice for the for the population out there? Anything? Coronavirus, uh, coping with no sports. Uh, Give us some pearls of wisdom. Well, um, golf is still on, so we still have the Players Championship. So, I mean, for now, no fans, right? With no fans, but um, that's okay. It's still on TV, and that's where most of us watch. Great it, but... activity, though, right? Like you don't have to be near anyone. Correct. You know, go out and golf. You know, play tennis, run. You know, go on a trail. Still do those things. Get outside. But you know, I, I think um, I think one of the positives of this whole hysteria is. I think the population is much well, you know, much more informed with, you know, how to prevent common colds, flus, viruses. You know, I think going forward, I think most of us will be a little bit more diligent in the winter and fall months to to wash our hands and, you know, stay home when we're sick and maybe not push it and and spread whatever we have. And get the Um, flu shot, right? 
get the flu shot. And I think next year is a good possibility. We may have to get a Corona vaccine um, right. because if this thing still lingers and it'll kind of help, but yeah, get the flu shot, um, live your life to the best of your ability. You know, if you can avoid, you know, large gatherings, but um, it's to live your life. Don't panic. It's going to be fine. Um, it's just really the elderly that we got to worry about. This will pass. Um, we're we're kind of sh- locking down the whole country. So this is going to um, plateau and, and, and start to dip at some point, and hopefully sooner rather than later. So this is not the one that's going to take us down. Uh, I do not foresee that. If we if this virus starts taking out young, healthy people, um, I, I'm not leaving my house. <laughs> but but uh, to, to date, it has not been shown to do that. Kids are safe. Um, young adults are safe. It, it's just more those who are... Um, in chronic illnesses and who are elderly. And I think as more tests become available, we'll be able to diagnose this sooner. And then we'll be able to kind of keep people uh, quarantined a little bit longer and and more appropriately. And then we'll start to see the numbers go down. But those numbers, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But don't freak out. That's going to be expected. That's just the course of how things are going to go. But, you know, just just live your life and and don't sweat it. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Dr. Keith. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Go, go, go wash your hands. <laughs> I will. After talking to you, I feel a little dirty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Talk to you later. Nice to you guys. The, before we go, Dave, what I was thinking was, you know, you had said something about golf and how that could, you know, fill the fill the gap in between what uh, what we know of as, as our sports lives, how we, how we, you know, how we follow sports. ESPN is going to need to have content. They're not going to go off the air. Uh, the anchors may sit further apart, but they're, they're, they're going to keep broadcasting. Um, do you think that we're going to see a move towards more professional bowling? Uh, how do you see this playing out? What, what sort of, if you were the head of ESPN and you, and you had to uh, next week come up with a way to, to fill in, all of this program that was going to be March Madness, is there any activity that you might go towards to uh, to entertain the masses? Well, first off, if if I'm trying, I'll go bowling if I'm trying to get a virus. I, I, <laughs> that is probably the most disgusting places on, on earth. Um, but they're going to fill it with some. I mean, classic games is an option. Do you think that classic games are going to hold the same kind of appeal? It's, I got to tell you, like, it's hard for me to watch a lot of something that I know the results of. No, I think it could work, um, like, regionally. So if NBC NBC Sportsnet or whatever, I, can't, I can never remember what the heck that channel is even called. Um, if they wanted to just play, like, 2008 Phillies games, uh, you know, I think people would check it out. And- yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much mileage you would get out of that, right? Uh, or if you just wanted to like re. I, I don't even know if you'd have the rights to play replay playoff games or World Series games, things like that. Probably. Do you think that like not. if you're if you're if you're um, if you're sitting in Michael Barkan's boss's chair right now, do you think maybe you're going, hey, let's let's play those. Let's play that nine game win streak again. Maybe people would be interested in in that. Or let's go back to uh, you know some of the Sixers wins at home this year. Do you think, would you go back to something that fresh in people's memories? Or do you think that the best course of action would be let's watch Schmitty and Greg, the bull and Eric Lindros. And I think you got to go more. I think you got to go more modern than that. uh, And do like the 2000, like the 2017, the 2018. 
the key would be you want Harry Callis. Yeah. You you want to hear Harry. And I think that would be something that people would go like, oh, it's nice to hear, you know, Harry again. Um, see, you know, the boys back from from that that time period. Now, but here's the important thing, though. Right. Do not put the score of the game. Like, even though we know it's already happened and, and most people right. have already seen these games. I mean, my son hasn't. So he might think it's cool to check it out. Like, oh, that's the guy from the the posters in the basement you know oh yeah when i was your son's age had they shown uh, games from the late 70s i wouldn't have known the scores to those games right so don't say like this is the game from may 27th where the phillies came back in the bottom of the ninth inning to to, you know like don't do that like just play it with no as if it is being broadcast right now right right, you know the other thing that i think might would be a, a good idea would be and you could do this a couple of different ways, but especially if you're talking about something like the the 2007, 2008 Phillies, how great would it be, you know, if you're going to play a certain game that had a big Ryan Howard moment that you had Ryan Howard come in and sort of do, you don't oh, even have to have cool. him do the whole game, but maybe you would have him interspersed commenting on, you know, what was going through his mind during certain at bats or uh, you could that have, would be awesome. You could I would have, watch that with just anybody, like not yeah. not specifically Phillies. Uh, any game with like a high pressure situation, like that. But you know, you mentioned Ryan Howard, but like specifically that Rockies game. Yes. Um, in the playoffs where it was like, "Get me to the plate, boys," kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It would. I would love to to have some of that sort of. This would be an opportunity to really get some insight, especially guys that maybe their 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 next phase of their careers has become broadcasting. Well, they can still kind of keep their their edge, you know, going and doing color commentary on. Sure, it's old games, but it would it'd be like the director's cut or the director's commentary on on sports and. You know, or, you know, you could have new announcers, you know, talk about old games. Something to kind of give it a new second wind. And I don't know how long that would that would. Well, I'll tell last. you what, MLB Network is going to be playing that fucking Ken Burns documentary to death uh, over the next few weeks. I mean, what else are they going to do? I, uh, you mentioned uh, e-gaming. Well, uh, I was, I was the, just going to bring that up. I mean, can – could you see maybe some of these tournaments, these these inner, you know, these electronic gaming tournaments? I actually could see something like the the NHL 2020 tournament or the NHL or the the FIFA tournament. Some of these these players are really skilled at what they they do. The graphics present really well on high definition TVs now. And you know what? The XFL's not playing anymore either. The next best thing to you know. You know, if you can't have the NFL, you can't have the XFL, let's go get Madden. You know, maybe they have some Madden tournaments. You know, I, don't it know. Sounds I, you know what? I, I would rather watch that than, uh, you know, um, what are the the shooter games that, that come uh, Overwatch up? League. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would be as drawn into something like that, but I might sit and watch, uh, I, I might sit and watch a FIFA tournament or something like that. I think the, the so, okay. I'm I'm into the e-gaming. Like I, I could I could watch some of that. I can't. Um, so I cannot abide by Overwatch. I don't understand it. I know I'm probably coming off like very old man when I say this, but I don't know what's going on. I play video games 
a good amount. I still don't understand Overwatch, and I don't know what's going on. They do a terrible job explaining it to someone who has never played the game before. Um, so I, I, I don't get into Overwatch. You know, I, I think the games and, and the, the sports games are fine, but I, when you say you're getting this instead of actually watching a real game, right? I don't think the, the thing that I actually find fun to watch is the fighting games. Oh, yeah, sure. Like yeah. you watch like Injustice or, uh, you know, Street Fighter or some of these pros even playing like Smash. Um, I, I find that to be interesting to, to watch. And the commentary on that is generally pretty good because they do explain what what's happening. And I think that that's what we are going to find if we really are. I don't think that any of us in our live to, uh, lifetimes has any experience being without all sports, especially this time of year when you're getting into – NBA and NHL playoffs. This is really the and and the and the March and March Madness and the Masters. Th- this is really in, in a lot of ways. This is the the golden time of year for sports. Uh, you, you're also able to get out and 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 do things more. So this is gonna it's gonna leave a lot of people like looking around, being like, what what do I what do I do? Yeah, like it's the spring it's the spring sports equinox because you have it in the fall when the MLB goes into the postseason and then all the winter sports start. And if you're in certain cities that are traditionally good, like you maybe have built your social calendar around, you know, this is when I get together with my friends and we watch the the Flyers in the playoffs or we watch the Sixers in the playoffs. Or uh, this is people, people have put in months ago to have time off from their jobs to watch the first weekend of the tournament. I, I know so many of my friends do that. And, and, I mean, we have just gotten to a point, and maybe this is kind of um, callous to even think about, and I certainly am not deeply concerned about this, but there are gamblers in the world that are looking around being like, what am I going to bet on? Like, what what am I going to bet on? How, how am I going to get my You mean things? like an alcoholic during Prohibition? Yeah, yeah. Time to dry out, buddy. Yeah, like, you know, do you think that we're going to see some really bizarre – behaviors i i i just <laughs> you know our slot machines what, what a gonna, time to start seeing some bizarre behavior <laughs> yeah you know but our slot machines going to be like pulled from their from their their trusses or something i hey, i don't know a professional gambler and that's your livelihood you know that's uh that's an issue but i mean and just to spin off of that like there are livelihoods that are being affected by this you know people the people that work in the industry. casinos for example like you know they were probably bought in a whole lot of staff to man these sports gaming um, facilities that are crop, cropped up all over the place, and now what do you do? Do you know? Do you have to furlough some of this staff? I, I don't know. Well, shout out! I mean, shout out to Kevin Love. I don't know if you saw this because this came out tonight too. Mm-hmm. That he's donating a hundred thousand um, dollars to you know assist the just the arena workers that are going right. to be that are going to be out of work for at least a month. Right. Um, you know because. Not to make this like a political podcast or anything, but, you know, these people in Washington are not going to save us no. at all. Like it's it's evident that they, they cannot protect. You. Uh, so, you know, we're kind of on our own. You're on your own to like stay as healthy as you can uh, for as long as you can, um, because it, it may be an unavoidable situation after a while. But your your duty right now as an American and to, to your community is to stay as healthy for as long as you can to keep those beds as clear as possible. 
uh, for the people that need them. And the government's not going to help you do that. So there's a lot of great professions, uh, nurses, doctors, teachers, uh, and even your retail uh, employees. You know, I did my time in retail just like uh, a lot of people did uh, that are in their 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 mid 20s. Uh, you know, I've been a teacher. I've been in these these jobs where it's not like I can just pull up roots and work from home because, you know, you know, I was raised by a, a registered nurse. You know, they can't they can't just go home and, and, and set up shop and work from home. Nurses are going to have to be on the job. Uh, people that make their living uh, delivering goods and services to all of us, they're going to have to still be on the job. So, you know. I, I hope that this uh, this process doesn't take too long, that we end up in a position where people really can't make do. They can't pay their bills. Yeah. And, and you know, the other group that I feel for, um, you know, the professional athletes, whatever. But, you know, these kids in the NCAA tournament, you know, a lot of them, you're never going to play basketball again uh, now. Their season's over now. They're never going to play again. They're not going to be with their team anymore. Um, th- this might have been their one opportunity to get in the tournament. It's a goal that you know they've all worked really hard for. So I just I feel bad for that, and I can't. I just cannot see Tokyo Olympics. Yeah, uh, happening. No, court- and and those people are going to have. You know, they've worked literally their entire life to hone their their skill and and to be at their peak right now. You know, they're never going to be as good as they are right now. Four years from now, they're going to be completely different people. Um, you know, so that is, you know, you, you may get to lose. We may lose seeing. And in the Olympics, you're always, you're, you know, every night you see something monumental, something great. And, you know, that that might be something that we end up having to sacrifice. And that's we, we can't uh, mitigate the, you know, all of these losses of life. But there's there's a lot of loss across all sorts of different um different aspects of life. And I, I like what Dr. Key said that to a certain degree, we kind of have to take stock and still live our lives and not just live in fear and, and, and hide under a blanket until this all blows over. You know, we, we still have to kind of do the best we can to keep ourselves from going, uh, you know, off the rails to, to keep ourselves also psychologically healthy as well as physically. Yeah. So, you know, without sports, what do we talk about? <laughs> well, I mean, well, our our non-sports talk is one thing. Gosh, I'm really afraid for for what uh, WIP and the Fanatic are going to wind up doing because <laughs> you know, in a week and a half, I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna check back in and just to see if it's just uh you know a series of beeps and clicks because i i, I just don't think that that anybody's going to be either that or it's going to they're going to actually start having um like angelo and al actually do like bum fighting or something I, who knows <laughs> Man, you know mike missinelli's going to run out of cards in that trivial pursuit box yeah he, they're going to have to upgrade <laughs> or something yeah i mean they're going to have to like generate false you know you th- you think you've heard them make up some some fake drama over you're going to hear them talking about uh, some bottom of the roster Eagles players that you will never hear of again. They are gonna they are gonna comb the depth of uh, the the NC you know of the of the draft this year. You're gonna know every player from every Division three college that may well, get drafted see, in the did, seventh round. 
did I see that the NFL is going to delay free agency because of the coronavirus? Now, see, that doesn't make any sense because you could do all of that over email. Like, why would you need to delay free agency? They don't actually have to be in the same room. I could see delaying practices, but like business should still be able to continue as usual as far as the NFL. You can have the draft. You don't have to have the audience at the draft, but you could still have the draft. You can do that all virtually. Where's it at this year? Chicago? Yeah, I think that that's right. It was Dallas yeah. last year, right? Or two years ago? Nashville? I think, was it Nashville last year? I just year? hope it's not in Seattle. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about tonight, Gene? Oh, yeah, we got to say. So, so yeah, so without sports, um, consider this this week's show. Yeah. We're actually going to take a weekend off. Right. Which I think um, is, is, is good for our psychology. I mean, we've been we have been on a pretty good run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been on a great run. <laughs> I haven't missed you and, your, one. you and your dad threw that hail mary in there to hey, save man, us that one we'll, we'll keep do, the streak alive. We do what we got to do. <laughs> so we're actually going to take a week off this week. So no show on Monday, uh, but we'll be back next Monday talking about. I am not sure. Yeah, it, it might. <laughs> if there's sports news, we'll talk about it. It might be all penalty box. Who knows? Yeah, we might talk about. It. We might do some uh, d- desert island top fives. Yeah, we might talk about. Chuck did movie. say he was I... backlogged on on penalty boxes. We might just turn the mic on him and just say, "All right, Chuck, get us caught up. Who who you want to put in?" It's going to be a mystery uh, mystery box. Yeah, I have no idea what we're going to do, yeah. but we're going to do something. Yeah, we'll be here. We'll be back. Yeah. We're not we're not gone for good. Yeah. So uh, so that's the time all the time we have for today. If you haven't done so already, uh, please rate, review and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the whip around our sister show, uh, giving you all the week's uh, weird news. Um, and, uh, and until next Monday, have a great day at work. Unless you're quarantined, then have a great day at work at home. Uh, stay safe. Stay sanitized. Don't pick your nose. Uh, and have a great week. Because uh, we're out of here. 